Hello, hello. This is Self-Discovery with Survivor Empower Life Coach Financial. I'm your old Alicia. I'm a certified life coach and an accountant. I'm certified in Connecticut to assist individual in an active domestic violence and or sexual abuse situation. I'm also a survivor of domestic violence myself. Self-discovery is here to assist survivor in rediscovering themselves through my podcast with relevant topic where we discuss how, why, and solution. Before we get started, I want you to get your notebook, journal, or paper, pen, pencil, and write down whatever resonates with you. As we go through the journey of sharing stories of different individuals who <clears throat> have went through some type of traumatic situation during their lifetime. And, you know, it's not about as much as the person sharing their story. We appreciate that. But as much as you listening, and not just the story, but listening their journey and listening to see, does it resemble anything that you are familiar with, that you have seen? Because it's never just about yourself. It's about the people around you. Because sometimes what you see in them could be happening in your household, could be happening to somebody close to you, could be happening to a friend, a neighbor. Somebody at work could be sharing something to you that sound like that. And it's about us learning and coping. Now, someone's story and how they cope is not necessary how you cope, but it definitely will enlighten you where you are and some steps you can take. You know, we share, as survivors, we share an umbrella, but under the umbrella, there's a mix of different situations. So before I continue my spiel, if I get carried away, I want to introduce the lovely Brittany Henry. She's an author of many books, and she's going to tell you all about it. So I'm going to let it be a surprise, Brittany. <laughs> hey, Alicia. <laughs> How are you? I am great. I'm great on this Sunday snowy morning. But oh yes, <laughs> gonna talk about you and just give a little insight about yourself, please. I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> In with your books. That's that. I think everyone need to know. It's, it's such a pleasure to have met you when I did, and I'm really happy I did. But just give a little insight about the books you have written, because I think I'm so proud. Yes, thank you. So I have three um, that are currently available. Um, the first one is All Before 30, Chapter 30. Mm -hmm. um, my second book is If We Ever Make It. And mm -hmm. the third book that you see me present um, was Being Babies, You Are Enough, which is my very first children's book. Um, I am currently writing two different children books. Um, so the next one will be since I, you know, I recently got married, mm -hmm. um, Bonus Babies because mm -hmm. I inherited some bonus children. <laughs> so Ooh. that one is the, the bean babies inherit, you know, other siblings. And you learn that, you know, in that book, we're going to talk about, you know, the sharing of the parent and it's okay to share your mom or it's okay to share your dad and what that looked like, because we are truly the Brady Bunch. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love, I can't wait for that book to be out. I have two of your book and the other one is on order. Yeah. So I'm waiting for it. I thought I would have got it by now. So I'm like, why is it taking so long? I'm so anxious. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> yes. Yes. I want it now. I want to read it. I read the other one. I, I read both. And it's so funny. I have to share the story. Um, <laughs> being baby, being, being baby. I'm always mixed up with that. I'm so yes. excited. Um, <laughs> in reading that, because I wanted to finish it, um, I took it with me to my doctor appointments. And I had like three doctor appointments. Yeah. I left that book in my last doctor appointment because <gasps> I had to change my clothes and stuff. I was so upset. I was stressing. It was it was like the last day of the week. So I had to wait yeah. for Monday to come in. I'm like, oh my God, when if somebody would take the book? It's a kitty book. You know, <laughs> I come back and forth in my mind. And then finally, Monday morning came around. Dee -dee 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 -dee. And they I had, had it. Book. I was seeing Dr. So-and-so at exact so-and-so time. I was yes. a patient. I left the so-and-so place. They said, we got it. I said, could you please put it aside for me? <laughs> <laughs> and they said, yes. And I, I picked it up and I'm like, oh, they're going to get yes. you to sign another book for me. <laughs> I love your book. <laughs> so I'm like, 
no, no. So back in my possession. Yeah. Did you? So you did get a chance to read if we ever make it? No, that's the one. Oh, okay. That's so the one I, went, I got the one third. That's the one I ordered because you gave me um 30. No, no. I think you you ordered all before 30. Yes. After 30. Yes. So I read the I can't remember one. which yes. one you got. We got to look and see which ones you got. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I seen the order come through, but I'm like, I can't remember which one I gave you. Um, you gave me the one that I didn't order. Okay. Okay. So then, there you go. So that one, all before 30 is coming. <laughs> so I will go through um, which each the first two books, because I kind of explained a little bit. Well, I didn't actually. So I'll go through each book and just explain what they're about. Mm -hmm. um, all Before 30, Chapter 30 was not intentional. It mm -hmm. was me going through therapy um, and just peeling back all layers. And like really the first time I ever seen everything that I've been through written on paper. Mm -hmm. um, so with that, it allowed me to put it in a timeline mm -hmm. to show, you know, like... I, so I'll go from the beginning for you guys. So I I went, I started writing and there, my therapist was like, you know, I think you need to address these things because you're sweeping them under the rug. And I'm like, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to do that because I never really shared all of me with anyone, you know? So this was like the first time. And he's like, well, you journal, you know, you'd like to, you know, you like to write. So do that. And I'm like, okay. So as I started writing, I, when I say I, a lot of pages was filled with tears and everything else, I'm like, I'm writing and I'm just like, oh my God. Like when you finally sit back and look at it, I'm like, all of this happened before I turned 30. Mm -hmm. So from six, it started at six, six years old, being molested mm -hmm. um, by uh, uncle, my uncle's friend, a, fr a former friend of his, um, that happened. And then it just going, I'm like, it went, it jumped from six to, and then in the same year being removed from my mom because she was addicted to drugs and then at nine, just all, all of the different abandonment issues and did so much. And then you jump to what? I think the next age was 13 when I was actually full out raped. Mm -hmm. And then 15 when or 14 when I actually lost my virginity and all, mm -hmm. all this stuff. And it's like looking for love in all the wrong places. You have all this hurt and all this stuff. And then you get with these young men and already, you know, somebody sweet talk you and all this stuff. And it's just like, boom, I got married at 18. Then I got, you know, between him and I, you know, we had some things and I'm like, you know, I need to let this relationship go because it was so much happening. And the moment I filed for, I got, I got married. So when I got filed for the divorce, the domestic piece came into play. Mm. So that happened. And then a few years later, this knight in shining armor comes. So now here, my second children come about because I got married to their father. Mm -hmm. And it's just it, all of this stuff. But needless to say, everything that happened, I was married twice, fully divorced. I had four children all before I turned 30. <laughs> I, I was removed from my mom. My dad didn't really want anything to do with me. It was like so many different things. And Years. as I wrote it out and I laid it out, I just was like, wow. And to say, you know, you hear older people say, oh, you haven't lived if you're, you know, you're, you're young. And you're, I'm like, absolutely lived. not. No, I you lived. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a lot. That's a lot to take in. And that's a good introduction to sharing your situation um, from being molested at yes. a young age. Just I, I know quite a few people who are still trying to cope with that and who have been through therapy. But I just want you to share with them what does it feel? Because everyone feels different things Absolutely. at the same time. Um, right. Explain to you, if you can, how did you feel at that moment? And can you translate it looking back? What you know? What would you tell your younger self? Whichever way you oh. want to play it. I'm leaving it open to you pretty much. Oh my God. Okay. So, and I will, if you don't mind, I want to read something because I wrote, okay, let me read you something. <laughs> Give me two seconds. Yes, of course. So on the back of um, All Before 30, yeah, chapter 30, I wrote uh, a message to my younger self. This is my back cover. Okay. So, read for you. so the back cover says a message. It is so perfect that you just asked that question. Oh, okay. <laughs> so a message to my younger self. If I could have a conversation with my younger self, I would tell her that God allowed a lot of things to happen because later on, he is going to use you for his kingdom. 
I would let her know that even though some days you will feel hurt, confused, betrayed, and abandoned, he will always be with you every step of the way. Without the trials and tribulations, you have no story. I would tell her to wink at herself daily, blow herself a kiss, and speak over her life saying, hey girl, hey, you got this. Royalty she is, phenomenal I am. Love it, love it, love it. Definitely love it. And it's, I'm glad you put that in because a lot of people, not just women, but male too, a lot of individuals went through that trauma and a lot of them still walk around with the guilt, blaming yeah. themselves of this happening. And yeah. so one of the things I want to just share a little bit of that, what happened in any capacity that you can. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so... I I can see it like it was yesterday oh, uh, and it's crazy because for a while it's like I didn't even know I, I mean at six years old it's like oh okay I know this is not right but at the same time I wasn't like hurt if mm -hmm. anything everything settled as I got older and I started to understand and it was like oh my god how could someone do this and it today it leaves me to believe like I, I don't not, not believe it leaves me to be over I'm still overly protected with my children they can't spend a night anywhere. They will not be sitting on anyone's laps. All that type of stuff. It's like, I am like, they they get it now because they're getting older. But as when they were younger, I'm just like, eh, we don't do that. Absolutely not. Come, come over here. <laughs> you know, like certain things like that. But I'll share what happened. Um, I was six and I was, we lived literally maybe two doors down from our neighbors. Um, and we grew up together. All Everybody, the whole family was like, you know, it was like, if we move, they all move. So mm -hmm. it was like, you know, you in inherit these cousins and yes. fake uncles and aunties and everything like that. But it's your mom's friends. Right. So my uncle um, was best friends with this guy. Um, mm -hmm. I was six. They were 15 at the time. Mm -hmm. And I remember him saying, come downstairs, come downstairs. But that's where all the bikes used to be, um, mm -hmm. like kind of parked and stood up in the basement. And when I went downstairs, he told me to kiss me right here. Mm -hmm. And it was his penis. Mm -hmm. So and I'm like, OK, you know, whatever. But I did it. Mm -hmm. not knowing you know at six years old you you still a little naive you're, little, and you're, you're trusting you're a little trusting and you're just okay he's asking me to do this whatever I'll absolutely just... and then when it happened I remember it was like this stuff that came out and I'm like like this is nasty mm -hmm. so he yeah he 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 went in my mouth and um I remember a few days passed by and I you know I never said nothing that day a few days passed by and my aunt, I used to love um, oatmeal cream pies. Yeah. And I remember saying, this is the stuff that was in such and such pee pee. Mm -hmm. And she was like, excuse me, you know, as an adult, you know what that means. You know, you, you, I mean, common sense to tell you why is it that she's thinking this way? Where did this come from? And how do, how in the world would she know that this, comes from here even though it's not this is cream <laughs> this is a filling that goes inside of a pie but that is how I communicated it without you did. communicating it yeah and she was like are you kidding me you know and it, it, it just went from there um but that was the first piece and I, I haven't seen him in years and then I think maybe a year or two ago I remember opening up Facebook and a friend request came and I didn't realize it bothered me it, it still had some relevance, right? Like, it, I'm yes. like, are you kidding me? You have the, the audacity. audacity. Did he ever apologize? Yes. No. Did so. My thing is this, and I just want to put this out there. Um, I'm also um, a counselor for sexual assault um hotline for where yes. I live. I volunteer there, but um, yeah, just yes. to let people know, you know, penetration is not the only thing that consider sexual abuse. Right. The fact that touching. Yes. You don't have to penetrate. You don't have to do that for it to be a sexual assault. Right. And people touching, finagling over someone that is Absolutely. sexual assault. So I want Absolutely. people to be aware. Don't take for granted that the person did not get an opportunity to fully penetrate. The fact that they have touched you and you, and especially a minor. Absolutely. It's a problem. Absolutely. If you're touched and you say no, mm -hmm. even if you said yes at one point, you still right. say no at any given point in time. And that person should respect that space and stop. However, for adults, if it comes to that, think intentionally, be intentional next time around being with that person, knowing what their, yes. what their intentions are. Think wisely. What is your intention? And if right. you're 
not to go in that direction, that person, avoid that person being in that space with that person alone or let it be known that's not your right. with them. Right. But children, be aware. Just the fact, oh, yeah. the thought, the touch. Yep. That's enough. Yep. So I'm and sorry. Then, no, you're fine. And then so then moving down, I guess, the timeline. Um, when I was 11, um, all of our cousins on my mom's side will all come together and we we would spend a night and all, all that type of stuff. We especially at grandma's house, we would do a bunch of stuff and just have a lot of fun. Um, so the first time I heard that my father's side was like, you know, finally welcoming me um, mm -hmm. to come over. I was like, oh yeah, that, that had to be fun. All the cousins are coming together. Like this is going to be, you know, a blast. I went, we had fun. And mm -hmm. then um, sometime in the middle of the night, I remember waking up. And when I woke up, it was to my cousin putting his hands like in my pants and touching me. And I'm like, I woke the whole house up, like get off of me. You know, I, I lost it, but it, you know, it was something that the family wanted to keep a secret. They didn't want to share it. And they didn't want, and I'm just like, are you kidding me right now? Like this happened, like you need to address it properly. So I just, obviously my mom, my aunt never allowed me to go back over to that side of the family's yes. house. Um, But yeah, it just, it was just crazy. And even to this day, it's like, like uh, it, it's so taboo if you speak of don't you can't speak of it. There, there's nothing. Why not? Well, so my question, you know, and I always, always one of these the questions I always want to ask the adults who decide to make this decision are they making the decision for their own self? Yes, safety because they're not thinking about the victim and their accuser because Thank that you. person is also a child. I think yes, child, right. So Absolutely. why are they doing it? Why do they feel it's okay? Was it done to them? Right. You know, do they have no way of expressing themselves? So are they protecting both of you? Or are they just protecting their image? Their image, because they're in my father's side of the family, they're lawyers, they uh, they have businesses and all this stuff. So of course, it, it nothing could be leaked, not not to tarnish our, you know, our, our family's name. Absolutely not, you know? So yeah, you go ahead and deal with your hurt and we'll handle him. And to, the sad thing about it, when something like this happened in the family and secret is held, I can, I won't bet. I would only think that it's a good possibility some of these adults who are quick to hide it, it have happened to them. It as happened, well. exactly. Because exactly. obviously it's said in the trend that it's being accepted. Right. And, you know, when people are sick, sometimes, you know, sickness, um, I don't know if it pass on, I'm not a doctor in that aspect, but yeah. You know, <laughs> um, a, per a pervert, a child molester, you know, whatever oh, yeah. you want to use, those things, um, sometime happen in family out of curiosity and yeah. out of sickness. Yeah. There's a good chance those people have also been hurt and that they feel if I can be successful and survive, well, you you can get over it. You can it. too. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, yeah. but it, 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 it gave, like it drew such a wedge because, you know, as an adult with children, it's like, oh, bring the kid. Absolutely not. Like, I, and I it's like, oh, that. you know, you're expected to just let go of something. And, oh, that was years ago. And that was, it doesn't matter. It mm -hmm. doesn't matter. It was never addressed. And you guys just act like. Yes. And you like, told this individual who did it, that is okay. Now, no one know if that child got disciplined or not? No. So you tell them that child is okay, not only to invade and, oh, geez, I can't think. You just, just, just <laughs> fringe on your space. Physically. Yes emotionally, mentally, but now you give him the okay to ad address other women. Absolutely. Out there. And that tells me how many times have he tried it before? Because for him to try, now how was his response when you scream? He, oh, shh, shh, shh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't say nothing. No, I am going to say something. So he obviously knew something was wrong. Absolutely. You knew, you knew. And one, we're relatives. That's disgusting. Yes. And I like that. What are you doing? And two, you like come on we're kids what are you doing and where did you think where did you get this from why do you think it's okay were there other girls in the house other girl child in the house oh yeah it was a bunch of us a lot of us so that tell me that if you try but you might try it with them already exactly exactly and that that was my thought i'm like you know nobody said anything and everybody just act like it was okay and i'm just like well who else is doing this you know like who who else have it been done to um more likely probably the other girls as well and they all blew it off right but I that am, was very bold in a space like that. Yep. To you yep. know, so he didn't even care about let let me try to get her away. I'm glad he didn't though. Right. 
right but still the, the the audacity and the thought process that's that's very scary and yeah i'm glad that you were vocal enough to scream and oh, yes. comfortable enough to felt that this is not right i'm gonna wake the house up i woke the yes. whole house up <laughs> um, some children are so scared and so stuck from the situation they freeze oh yeah freeze. they do and they just freeze and that allow that person to continue to do what they're doing. And in your situation, you didn't freeze. So I'm glad oh, yeah. it makes a big difference. Oh yeah. So what was going through your mind after you left? And like, I'm sure you're thinking about them six now this shit. Right. Right. So it, it was, I just felt like I, I used to say, I feel like I got a a, a bull, like a, you know, a target on the, in the middle of my forehead. Like just, oh yeah, I'm available. You could just do whatever you want to me. But then it was like all the other hurt come rushing back because I felt like there was no protection. Like mm -hmm. my mom is on drugs. I don't really have her. Mm -hmm. uh, my dad, here I am at his family's house. He don't even want me. He doesn't even acknowledge me as his child. Mm -hmm. So it was like, it was almost like, dang, the one piece of family who actually acknowledged me as their family now I'm being abandoned because your son just did something to me. <laughs> like I'm being rejected from every angle, but the, again, there's no protection. Yes. You're looking to your family for protection, but this one is on drugs and this one is not giving a damn. And then, then you get these people who just now, basically ultimately now, because they're protecting themselves and their child. Mm -hmm. Okay. She could go ahead. And then did you hear little stuff later? Like, Oh, well he doesn't claim her anyway. They use that as an excuse to not to yeah. do about it. They're rational. So they're rationalizing their behavior, their bad yeah. behavior yeah. with the fact that your father. So I don't know if you want to um, talk about this or not, but do you know why your father refused to accept you? And if it's. So, yeah, no, I don't mind. Um, it's different stories. So we never really got a straight shot. Mm -hmm. um, so I, because my mom fell under. Mm -hmm. he, he and my mom was dealing since high school so mm -hmm. they was do they both did drugs together so he was in a i guess what do you, what do you call it a functional a functional crackhead yeah. and she fell fully under she was dysfunctional uh, was functional yeah right but you both were doing the same thing, same thing. you know so because she fell fully under it was almost like a oh i don't got to deal with it so then the stories you would hear throughout the streets um and even from some of my cousins they would say, oh, no, uncle, you know, uncle such and such said um, her mom used to suck his thing for crack. And, oh, no, she's a crackhead. That's not my kid. She'd be out here. She'd do a bunch of stuff. That's not my child. So that's the stuff. But then if he sees me, it was sometimes, if, like, if it's with other relatives, oh, hey, babe, why you don't call me? And, you know, I, I, I miss you. And then I'm just like, get away. So the, the attitude and the disrespect just started to build. Because I'm angry, you know, like I'm, I'm the anger is like it's full blown at this point. You're not this way in a specific crowd when you're around certain people. I'm hey, babe. And oh, come here, baby girl. And da, 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 da. And then when I'm with when you're around other people, when I tell you the way you have statues behind you, you can walk right past it. He will walk right past me like I didn't even exist. Wow. That's, that's like a complete stranger. That's and deep. when I was. And I went to church with one of his sisters. So they had, it's a bunch of them. It's a bunch of them. Mm -hmm. um, my grandmother had nine daughters and three sons. Wow. Uh, so it's, it's a lot of them. So I went to church with one of my aunts um, and it was Easter Sunday. I'll never forget it. And I was so excited because all of them always came together for church. They go to the same church. They brought were brought up in the same church. So I, was, I kept looking at the door. I kept looking at the door like, is he coming? Is he coming? She said, calm down. He's coming, like, just focus on the words. I'm like, okay. So I, and then when he finally came in, you know, you hear the church doors open. Mm -hmm. When he came in, I was like, like, ah, he's here. Like, so excited. And only for the church, I was so excited. I'm like, however, hurry up, pastor, wrap up this message. Cause you know, it's, it's done now. I'm, I'm excited, you know? So when at the end it was time to go, um, I ran up to him and he was with his wife and the kids that they had together. So I was excited because I see my brothers and I'm like, oh my gosh, look at my little brothers and you know, all this stuff. And to get up to him and he looks at me and he kept talking, you know, to my aunt, like as if he didn't see me. And she looked at him like, you, you better, you better acknowledge her right now. And he just like, I said, hey. And he was like, hi, hi. I'm like, 
So now I, I'm scared to say daddy, right? So I was just like, you don't remember me? And he's like, I'm sorry, little girl. I don't know who you are. That broke my heart. That like would when I say anybody heart. It crushed me. So from that point, um, I was I was full-fledged disrespectful. <laughs> like full, full fledged. What did his um wife said? Because she knows that you were his daughter. Oh yeah, but she she didn't say anything. She doesn't my dad has 25 children. It's 25 of us. Oh Jesus. Um, yeah, so you see Apple don't fall too far from the tree. He my grandmother had 13, he had uh 25. Well, so by a different woman, I presume. All of us have different moms. And the last two, the, the two that he had with his wife, they're well, like, after all of us. It's oh. a whole heap of us. <laughs> and she she just wasn't accepted. You know, she just never really accepted the fact that he had all these children. And he lied, like, no tomorrow. So, oh, that's not my kid. That's not this. That's not that. I don't know who these kids are. So but she if don't you really him, know what to believe. Because when you have 25 kids, yeah, this one, it says, you don't, but yours is first, right? I'm the fourth. Fourth kid. Oh, okay. I thought you were number oh, one. Oh, no. I'm number four. Um, I'm the third girl and mm -hmm. the fourth child. Okay. <laughs> yep. So he, he he's a piece of work. He's dead now. Um, and I feel like that's the only thing that stopped him from having more children because my the baby that we do know of is the same age as my oldest son. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Right. Rolling Stone. <laughs> I, I used to say when we were younger, um, you know how you drive through drive through the streets and every time you hit a pothole, I'm like, that's yeah. him. Every time you hit a pothole, it's another person pregnant. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, boom, you get a baby. You get a baby. <laughs> you know, the thing about it, all these children, even even if it wasn't done, I don't even know if it was done intentionally or not, but it's so hard to give love to 25 children under one roof, much less under separate roof. Oh, Absolutely. Um, you know, not being judge or jury, anything like that. I, I try my best never to judge and, you know, stop. Yeah. Myself. But I'm only making a statement in the sense that how can you love 25 children under different roof? Right. You know, quality versus quantity is important because Absolutely. never about how much time you spend with a child is what you do with the time you have with a child. That's Absolutely. Important. Because sometimes you could have one child and you work in five, six, 10 jobs. So you're not right. really spending time with that child. But the good thing when that happened, you come home and mentally you're there in that right. space. So if you had 25 kids in one space, it would be difficult. But the, the camaraderie between all of them together yeah. in that space would be right. easier to serve and love versus trying to remember which house to go to and missing right. one here and there. and no. But you know what? He didn't do it for any of them. It, that's the thing. It was only the kids that was in his household that he actually Focus gave on. a damn about. Yeah, it was everybody got the same treatment. And I'm not I, honestly, I'm the, my mom is the only one that we do know of that was on drugs. So mm -hmm. what's the excuse for everyone else? Yeah, you're just sleeping with these women and with no intent of you know you don't wrap it up clearly. And then you have all of these babies, and then it's just like oh yeah they're there, but I didn't tell her to have that child. So he hit my mom in the stomach with a baseball bat from Ooh. the stories I've heard. I've heard um, when I was younger, my aunt told me, you know, he really tried to take you out because she would not, she get, he gave her money for an abortion. She wouldn't get it. And she just took it and bought baby clothes. <laughs> and then he was pissed off at that. And I think at that point it was just like, okay, well, I told you I didn't want it. So I'm just not going to do for her. Mm. Well, he didn't do for anybody, so there's no. He didn't law. do for anybody, and that, our argument as kids, like as we were growing up, we we make it our business to come together. Thank God. So we have siblings' night, so mm -hmm. our kids know each other. I'm like, we have a sibling that is the same age as my son. Mm -hmm. God forbid they're in high school now, you know. So God forbid they met each other and didn't know, or we didn't know anything, and they started liking each other. That is scary, you know. Yes, it's it like we're scary. So all of us have children for the most part. Um, I think it's very important for our children to know who each other are as they get older we don't want them dating each other we don't want any you know nonsense or fighting anything know who your relatives are and then go on about your business but not only um, that 25 children 25 siblings you know you also at your age before you got married you could have end up dating one of your <laughs> siblings if, listen <laughs> if every time i met someone i'm like what's your dad's name are you sure 
Okay, because I just need to make sure. I just need to make sure. <laughs> you know, I'm so glad you're in good spirit as we talk about this um, trauma. I'm glad you're in a place no, where yes. you can reflect and look at it and said, okay, I'm good. I'm good with it. So I want to ask um, another question. How did you cope? Because you have therapy now. You have learned how to streamline your trauma, your emotion. You know how to feel better by writing, by journaling and talking yes. about it. That's that's your way of healing and the healing yes. never end. But before Absolutely. you go to that stage of healing, how did you cope between the age of six and 11 before the next situation? How What was done to help you cope? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Not from a not from like a parent's perspective. Like no, nobody did anything. It was just almost like, let's just not talk about it. Let's, you know. So for me, it was I love gospel music. Mm -hmm. Um, I cried a lot. And I used I remember just wishing sometimes that I died. i there was times where I just like, I just wish I could just escape all of this because I don't have anybody. Mm -hmm. Um so I used to, I found in I when in my middle school that I attended well not middle school elementary school and then middle school um, the guidance counselors used to hold these little sessions for they knew who the, the I guess we were, we were labeled the troubled kids yeah. but then when you actually pull us in and you see what's going on and what's true because nobody no child is bad right just because something is going on that's triggering this attitude and this and, you know it's like it's almost like a defense mechanism like I can't really let you inside because I don't really want you to know that I'm really hurting. So I'm going to just give you all this attitude and I'm not, I'm not really going to listen and I'm not really here, you know, right now. So one of the teachers loved me and she like caught on to it and she was just like, you're not like that. Something's going on and I want you to talk to me. And because she pulled me in the way she did, I openly shared with her. So she like signed me up on this little list that I had no clue about with the guidance counselor. And it, this is where all of the other kids came. Um, and then I learned that there's other kids in my class and in my school that was going through the same stuff that I was going through. And I'm like, oh my God, your mom is not in your life either. Like, oh, wow. So we became friends. And even to this day, we're friends. We're grown Thank and God. we're friends. Um, but it helped for me to see that it's not just me. I'm not the only person that don't, that don't have this or that didn't have that or, or been through this. Mm -hmm. um, so I love that piece. And then when we rolled over into middle school, it just got even more intense. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where I developed writing. <laughs> and I love to write at that point. Um, but that, that was it. That was all I had. That was what got me through most of the days. So you said at the age 14, you were actually raped. So I don't know how much you want to share with that. Cause first of all, I don't want you to share too much out of your book. That's number okay. one. So <laughs> because I want people to go out and buy the book if they want to know, Yeah, share as much as you can, because what it is, I want people to realize how the situation occurs so they can avoid it or walk away from it, or if they have a niece and nephew in that situation, they can read the aftermath sign that's yeah. there, that they can pick up and intervene and reach out to help them. Yeah. So we had moved to a different state. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was just us, our little household in a different state when I was uh in high school. And my grandma had just passed. So it was like, oh, do you know, there's nothing left here. And we were only here because we were waiting, kind of like waiting out. We didn't want to leave her. So we moved to a different state. Um, and I got my very first job in the food court and at McDonald's. So you couldn't tell me nothing. <laughs> Making my little 515 hour. Yeah. And um, it was so many people coming up to us. And because we were from up north, mm -hmm. um, we had this accent that nobody else heard before. It's like, oh, you sound like you're from New York. And I'm like, no, that means you didn't hear a real New Yorker because I don't sound like a New Yorker. I'm <laughs> Connecticut, right? So we laughed at that all the time, but it was so many people coming and everybody wanted to jump in our line because it, it turned into show and tell. Mm -hmm. Oh, did you hear her? Listen to how she say this and listen to how she say that. So I would take people orders and everything. So it was so many different people, so many different young boys, so many different people that came through. And again, it was like, oh, that's the new person. Oh, let's, you know, it's like, fresh meat right one day um I worked after school and I asked my aunt to pick me up and she was like oh I'm not gonna be able to make it I just got home and I'll have you know two of my cousins were supposed to be meeting me mm -hmm. um and imagine walking like a straight shot it was like on the main road if mm -hmm. you leave the mall you would definitely like you'll just come down and if you stayed on this straight shot my house was at the other end 
mm-hmm. but it's a long strip. Um, if you know anything about New Haven, imagine Welly Avenue. Yes. Oh, yeah. It was like that. So okay. a long strip. So if he if they met me halfway, mm-hmm. um, it was like at this little bus stop type thing. If we that's where our halfway mark used to be. If I'll walk halfway, you'll meet me the other half, and then we'll walk back home together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was two of them because I took a little longer in the store or in the, in McDonald's, like finishing up my register and everything. Um, I was like, oh my gosh, he's gonna be so mad at me. So I thought they were just waiting for a long time, and then I'm like, well, maybe they kept walking. So as I got out and I went through the parking lot, um, somebody pushed me from behind and I'm just like, oh, they are here. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm sorry. But as I went to turn around thinking it was my cousins, it was somebody completely different. And he punched me in my face and I'm just like, whoa, like, you know, so I'm I'm like, whoa, like it's a grown man. When I went to turn, he said, if you run, I'm going to kill you. If you scream, I'm going to kill you. If you look at me, I'm going to kill you. I re- I can hear it. And I never turned. I just, I kept watching, thinking about all these different movies. Like, oh my God, you know, crazy people, lo- they want to look anyway and then just test the waters. I am not about to play with this man. I don't know who this person is. He already punched me. He pushed me. He kept trying to pull up my shirt and I kept like fighting off, like trying to pull my shirt. I kept walking straight, but I kept pulling my shirt down. He was walking behind you on the street. He was walking behind me through the parking lot. We were still in the mall parking lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were further away. So if you go through the mall parking lot, it, there's a bank attached, like on the other side. So you now you're crossing over into the the bank parking lot. But if I was to go like this, like take a right and walk straight, I'll be on the main street where all of the car, everybody would see it. But he kept making me go to the left. To the left is like these. Uh, I was gonna say convalescent. It's not. It's like old, like almost like old people homes, like the nice townhouses, like they're beautiful, but it's a lake over there. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that popped in my mind was, oh my God, he's going to drown me. He's going to freaking drown me. Like, oh my God, let me, let me keep trying to walk this way. And he kept yanking me back this way because it's taking me off of the main course. And I'm like, oh my God, like, and I, it, but it's, it's fall. So I can hear the leaves crunching and I'm just like, oh my God, I want to run so bad. If I run, somebody will see it, you know, but I'm like, he said he was going to kill me. So maybe he has a gun. It was like all these different things going through my mind. So I'm just like, okay, I'm gonna just listen. I'm gonna just listen. But every single time I moved his hand and tried to pull my shirt back down or like he kept trying to unbuckle my pants and I'm just like swiping. Every time it was just like another punch, another smack and another like, and I hit the ground a couple times and he was like, get up B. But then this is what let me, led me to believe that he watched me mm-hmm. or he's been watching me. He knows um, your movement, he knows your routine. He knew my routine. He knew my routine. He started reciting certain things back to me. A few weeks prior to that, my friends um, from Connecticut had came down and spent um, a, a, one of our little breaks with us. Mm-hmm. And we was walking through the parking lot and he laughing and talking and stuff. And he recited that whole thing to me. He's like, you got one walk through the parking lot um, acting like S is funny. Shit ain't funny. You know, this and the third. And then he told me, I, I used to always say if somebody asked me um, for my number, at McDonald's, I'm like, I'm young. I'm only, I'm only 14. I just turned 14. And, he, and he's, oh, you gonna tell me you too young for me? Bitch, you ain't that young. And he would keep going, like he was just saying so much stuff. And I'm like, well, when did I say that? I'm like, oh, that means he must have, he had to be like watching me. You had to walk up to me. And that's the only time I said it because I wouldn't say it in school. You, you said it, I said it while I was at work because people would come up to me or they will approach me. So if you look too old, I would say, oh, I'm, I'm only, I'm too young. I'm only 14. Like, oh my God, really? Like, you need to observe yeah. the surrounding. When you walk, you can't be in a tunnel. You can't be tunnel vision. Yes. You have to observe your environment. And yes. you know, I tell people all the time change your routine sometime if you can. Yes. Don't yes. always walk. Drive a different path, walk a different path. Yes. Don't let even your neighbor. <laughs> Right. You know, stagger things if you can. There yeah. will be some routine. They know you work or they know you do, but they're not sure exactly what time. Exactly. And, exactly. You know, so people listen, listen. <laughs> so as we walked down the path, <clears throat> um, what happened? Oh my God, we got to the path and I remember he knocked me out. I I just I just remember blacking out. Like that was it. I was out cold. So I didn't feel anything. I didn't, whatever he did, it, it just, I didn't feel it. So I was, I was happy that I didn't witness that piece of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember when I woke up, I heard crunching, like leaves crunching, but I heard, you know, the little dog um, yeah. chains. Yeah. I heard that. So I was like, 
And I looked and it was an old little white lady walking mm-hmm. her dog, but my pants were down below my ankles mm-hmm. and, or to my ankles, like just at, right at my ankle. And she was like, oh, can I help you? Can I help you? And I was like, oh my God, please. I just remember jumping up, losing my mind. I pulled my pants up, but I, so where, if you walk the path of the lake, mm-hmm. there's like a little, um, what do you call it? The little bridge that go yep. over and it connects to the other side. So if you walk that way and run that way, it has spit you right out in front of our complex where we used to live in. Mm-hmm. When I say I booked it, I booked it. And I ran, wound up running right past my cousins. They, which they never, ever came up to the halfway point. They stayed down at the, um, in front of the complex because where we lived in the complex, all you got to do is come out to the main street. If mm-hmm. you came out to the main street, nobody ever know that you're sitting out there because we mm-hmm. live so deep into the complex, she would never know. Um, so I wound up running past them. And when I got into the house, it was like bruises all down my face, um, scratches on my neck, on my waist and everything. So she wound up taking me to do a rape kit. Yeah, and everything. But I was, I had so much resentment towards her, my mm-hmm. cousins, everything. I just, I blamed uh, that, everything. That just picked you up. Just pick me up. <laughs> like what? I'm, I was so angry. And then for years, I was scared of the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, I was scared of open parking lots. Mm-hmm. Um, even up until I was about 25. Mm-hmm. And I remember like sitting in a car panicking because now I have children. So mm-hmm. now it's like, it's one thing to get yourself out of the car. It's another thing to have to get sleeping children out of the car mm-hmm. in this big old parking lot. You know, it's like, oh my God, like this Post is gonna- traumatic it, stress. Yes, it, it killed me. I'm real. like, oh It's my real. <laughs> it's real. And the question is, with all these things piling up on top of each other, how did that make you feel as a person? How did that make you feel the self-love did you love yourself? No, I didn't. I felt, I felt like used up, if that makes sense. Like, I just felt like I wasn't worth anything for anybody because I'm like, how do I even get rid of these feelings? And how do I, you know, it's not my fault. I never faulted myself for anything that I've been through. I just felt like I wasn't going to be useful, <laughs> like for anybody. I don't like, want that. I'm damaged good. Yeah. Because all these yes. things happen to me, how do I present myself to the person who's going to love me with so many things happening? Are they going to accept me? Right. So, you know, I can see where that would happen. And so those feelings, did they translate into the marriage that didn't work? Oh, yes. Big time. Relationship. <laughs> because. Big time. So, um, so I, I'm going. Yep. No, I'm sorry. So with my first marriage I, I'm like I always I try to cancel that one out but I can't obviously I have two children that come from it um but we were kids I'm like I don't even feel like anything we only got married because I I was going through and he, he we related on the, the traumatic piece from abundant yeah that was it and it's like as you start to get older um you I'm growing and I'm maturing and you're still stuck right here and it's like, I, I can't, you know, I just couldn't. So when I got into the second marriage, um, I think that's the, I've grown, I grew the most in that one. But even with that, it was like it's me looking for, you're my partner, right? And if I'm telling you I'm hurting in this way and I'm, you know, something, if you see something that I'm not even recognizing half the time, um, it's like, don't tell, like, it's like, oh, well, you're doing this and you, oh, you have father issues and you have mommy issues and you have this and the third. And I'm like, I don't need you to, you know, talk bad about me. I'm, I'm looking for you to help me to get out of it. Help me to deal You'll with it. Support me emotionally and mentally. So that person yeah. was more likely verbally abusive, thrown back yeah. at you the things you share with them, your vulnerability you shared. Right. And instead of understanding it and helping you, they using it against you. It's me. Come on. Yep. That's exactly what happened. So with this marriage, I took my time before I even jumped back. I'm like, oh no, I have to, we have to wait because <laughs> I was dealing with me and I knew it was a lot of things that I need. And again, although it ended the way it did with the second one, um, I listened and I heard because I didn't want to transfer that and bring that into this marriage. And although it's not fully done, um, when I say my husband works with me, like we, he has his own stuff. And because I'm, I was as vulnerable as I was and I was open with everything. And I, you know, I shared all of my stuff with him. He ha- he too had some things that he needed to get rid of and mm-hmm. it, it worked. It just worked. And it was, it's, we're in such a great space today. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's, it's really good. That. How did you, <clears throat> when did you realize you needed 
to work on yourself? At what point did it click on you that I can't keep going around bringing these baggages with me because they're not serving me. I have to dig deep and love me because until I love me, somebody will not love me. When did you reach that point? Honestly, mm -hmm. it wasn't, it wasn't until I wasn't loved again um, by my second husband. And that's when he, it's like, it came out harsh, but I, I listened, but it was already too late. We were at the end of that. So it was like, Oh my God, well, maybe I have to, um, really sit back and evaluate myself because although I bring this and this and this to the table, it, I am hindering a lot of things. Like, honestly, like I, when he pointed it out, I was like, Oh my God, he really just said this to me. He's like, you're never going to be loved if you're doing this and you think you're the man and you want to be in all this stuff. And I'm just like, Oh, <laughs> he, like when he let me have it. And I'm like, I didn't think it was the end. I thought it was something that we could work on and move forward with together. But he was just like, no, this is a lot. It's too much for me and I'm done. So I took that and I wrote it down. It heard it, but I, I wrote it down. Um, and then I brought it, I presented it. And I'm just like, do I have these issues? Like, what, what is the root of the problem? And then when I, again, peeling back all the layers, it's like, yeah, yeah, Brittany, <laughs> you so, are a problem. <laughs> so name some of the issues that you had which I'm sure is a, um, from all your trauma. So list one or two so people can hear some of the things that they might be facing or presenting to people and they themselves can't see what they're presenting. Just name one trust, or two. Trust issues was really a big thing. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't trust anybody. And even to this day, it's still like, I talk to myself like, okay, girl, let it go. Let, like, you got to be able to allow your husband to lead. You got to be submissive. You know, you got to allow him to do certain things. And even though I feel like I got it, it's like, do I, do you, <laughs> you know? Working with the daily, the daily process. Absolutely. Or even, even with that, like, he'll tell me he'll do something for me or oh, I'm going to do this or don't worry, I got it. I'll make sure this gets done or I'll make sure it's handled. And I'm just like, <laughs> okay, like just... Just breathe be. let the man do what he said he was gonna do but it's like that I don't want how do I explain it it's like you know to release everybody who, say it again it's control in a sense too because once you put everything that you have in somebody else's hand in your mind you're giving them control and yes control it's, yes. it's scary because the last time when those things happened to you, you didn't have control. Somebody took over your space, your body, yes. your, life, your emotional, and you were damaged. Yes. And you made a point of yourself. I'm going to be the one to determine yep. what happened to me, not That's you. It. And by giving him your yep. trust, you're allowing him in that space, the opportunity to yes. do something that might hurt you. Come on. That, there That's, you go. Trust. <laughs> That's trust. And you know something? Even if something doesn't happen to you traumatic, you still can have trust issue and it's, 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 it's normal for us yes. sometimes to be unsure because it also, you have to look at that person. What are their history when it comes yes. to those things you ask them to do? Yes. They also have not been on point. Yeah. On point is varies for different people yep. at different stage. So when I say on point, it's your mindset of what on point look like. If exactly. On point on certain issue then yeah. you also wonder, can they handle it as well? So sometimes it's not about trust, it's the, their experience in handling the situation. As right. Well. So when you and, have factors. And for today, like, I feel like that's what is is helping because he'll, he'll point out to me, he's like, when have I ever told you I was going to do something and I didn't do it? And I'm just like, okay, 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 okay. This free speak okay. for itself. It, it does. And it, I get smacked every time. I'm just like, you know what? Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Because I finally got, I really truly believe this is a blessing. Like this is something that God, it was ordained, right? This is somebody who he brought to me and I needed it. Um, he was, and he's, my husband is like a manly man. Right. So I, I giggle all the time because my mom used to say, you always had these guys that you could just, you know, you talk to them and they just do what, do, what you, you know, what you say. This one to look at you like, who are you talking to? I am not one of your kids. And I, I'll bust out and laugh like, okay, okay. All right. So I, I finally got that piece, like somebody I can trust, somebody who I can um, love. Oh, that was the next piece. Love, love, receiving love. Not so much of giving it yes. because I know um, 
I can give off, you know, all these things. It was even with that, because like learning how to love you the way you want to be loved yes. is different from what I'm just given. Right. Yes. Um, but for me, it was really, truly receiving it. Yes. And that is still, that's still, I'm still working. That is like still a work in progress. And keep working because a lot of young ladies and men, especially men too, they don't know how to receive anything. They're givers and sometimes the giver comes from the strife of just wanting so bad for someone to love you. Yes. When, when the love comes, you don't know what it's supposed to look like. So, exactly. you're, so you're like, is this love or not? Is this pretend? So you put up a barrier. So yep. you're, you're not open to receive it. You want it. Yes. Logically. Yep. What you're supposed to want emotionally, yeah. mentally, you're not able to receive it. Physically, you can bring things in, but the emotional part that you need, the bond in peace. Yes. Bonding to me is more than a physical thing. It's an emotional, mental state of mind yes. when you're in that space. And when when you've been abandoned, traumatized, emotionally, physically abused in every aspect, how do you know that touch is meant to be true love and not a reminder of control and abuse. Yes. You know that person is in the right mind frame when they come to you and say yes. the words you have heard before from a betrayer. How do you Ooh. know a word is speaking truth? Yes. And you have that barrier, but it's about knowing yourself. And when you follow your instinct, come we sometimes dismiss our instinct and to the point where we can't hear it anymore, but it's never left us. Mm. When you can learn to trust your instinct and you learn to build it back up. Yes. Because your instinct is there for a reason. Some people call it fate. Yeah. We'll call it God, whatever higher beam you might listen to. But our gut instinct never fail us. We yes. feel it. Yes. It doesn't fail us. And when you love yourself and you know what makes you feel good, I mean, really feel good spiritually. Yes. Emotion, not physically, because, you know, we don't want to get in that era of, you know, yeah. you know, because listen, we can all do things for ourselves. But spiritually, when yes. you make yourself feel good spiritually, where you know, when this person comes to me, it's not just a pretty words, it's not right. just a, a short thing. This mm -hmm. person give me, inspire me, stimulate my brain. Yes emotionally and you hear them you're actually not looking for the pretty words but the words in between yes to hear yes. And, and the consistency then you then it's easier to open up to them mm -hmm. it's to open up to them because you realize mm -hmm. this is what i'm actually looking for yes because the physical will come but this is what i'm looking this is what my soul need this is the nurture my soul and spirit need and it's, it's a difficult journey to get there because you have to work on yourself because a lot of us say we want things because society say this yes. is desire, but we're different people. Yes. And I might want a house, but it's not the white picket fence. It sure ain't. <laughs> I might want a house that doesn't have a fence. Mm -hmm. I might want a house where it doesn't have this and that, but it have this, because this is what's right. really important to me here. And yeah. it's not about the size, the money. It's really about what will make me strive and grow. Yes. Nurture yourself. It's, it's, not, it's not an easy task to get there. And I'm just saying this for people, love yourself, learn yes. to love yourself. And that's not an easy task. I don't care what kind of home you come from. It could be the home with two loving person you still sometimes don't know how to love yourself because right. people might be putting up a front, but not only that, they might show you what love look like, but love look like for them is going to be different what it looked like for you. Exactly. Because you can't duplicate your mother and father relationship because those two spirit is not your spirit for somebody else. Exactly. So you still have to carve out your own love, your own love language, what yeah. you need to strive people. So listen, Yes. Yes. So you finally um took that journey on self-love. And yes. are you still in that journey? Are oh you yes. Fit? Oh yes. Yeah. I, I still I still because I feel like it's it's that's something that should should never end. Okay. Um and I, even still, because although I'm married, we're still separate individuals. Like yes, we're one, you know, our marriage, but 
I still got to remember I have needs and he do too. So what we give each other that space, um, we write it on our calendar on a wall, Brittany's self-care day, you know, or hit, you know, Ernest self-care day, whatever. But I, I make sure to take time. And then because we have our children, I I don't, I didn't think I stated, I came with four, he came with five. So it's a whole heap of children in this house. (laughs) But that's wonderful. Yeah. I'm like, it's important to take that time away from everything between sports and we're running constantly. So I, I do take that time, whether I lock myself in a daggone bathroom for a few minutes or something, but so, I do, I work on me. I still pour into me. I love to read. I love to write. I get my nails done, my hair. Done. I don't care what it is, but I do it. <laughs> make space for yourself and, you know, the emotional and things that is so needed. Brittany, um, oh my God, I love this thing. I'm definitely going to have to have you back when you talk about Blended. But um, oh, yeah. So I'm getting ready to wrap it up, but I want you to put out your website where people can reach you, get your books, all that good stuff. Please share. So my website is currently down right this second. Um, it's, it's, being down. This second. it's under reconstruction. <laughs> <laughs> so I will have a new... Um, URL and everything because it used to be I am Brittany King. Oh, so now it's under Brittany Henry. <laughs> so we it it'll be revamped. But I do have a store. Mm-hmm. Um, hold on, let me pull it up. Um, where everybody can go and shop if you like and get books or um gear. One second. So it's I am Brittany King dot my Shopify dot com. And I'll repeat it again. I am Brittany King dot my Shopify.com. That is my online store where you can get books, um, shirts, hoodies. Um, I also have a workbook um, where it's helping you find your purpose. Um, and it's, it's, it's with scripture. So it is everything that I write is faith-based, Christian faith-based. Um, so if that's not for you, I apologize. But if you want to check it out, please check it out. Um and then what else did you ask, Alicia? I'm sorry. Just anything where you want anyone wants to connect with you, and just let people know your um, being for baby books are in. Is it in? I know it's in a public library where we live. Is it yes. in every public library throughout the country or throughout the state, or how does no, that work? Just ours, just ours. Okay. Um, for now, but it, I'm I'm working on it. I have to just get myself out there to each library and try to push it. Um, but you can find them in uh, Barnes and Noble and Amazon.com. Um, okay, great. Uh, on digital platforms as well, all digital platforms. Okay, so you hear that, people? This has been a wonderful, wonderful discussion. I'm happy that you have shared your journey, your trauma, your pain, and individuals out there. You know, um, Brittany is very up in spirit, which I appreciate. And so many of us have been through the trauma and we're not able to have that voice of uplift and joy in it. But her joy comes from hard work. Remember yeah. that hard work. She paid the price she, to be happy. Yes. Being happy just doesn't happen. Even if you didn't have trauma in your life, being happy just doesn't happen. It has to be intentional. And yeah. the work varies for everyone. So yes. um, I just want to thank you again, Brittany. It's been a pleasure having thank you. Thank you for podcast. having me. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. We will talk more. So for our close then, we're going to wrap it up. Remember, self-love and self-care with positive affirmation is feeding one mind, body, soul, and spirit. Remember, you are worthy of all good things that comes your way. Remember, you love yourself and show someone how to love you, the things you need, actually needs and want. You know what I mean? It's one thing to want to be in a relationship, but you never need a relationship. The relationship you need is the relationship with yourself and whatever higher being you want to celebrate or worship. But remember, you need yourself. You don't need somebody else. So Hmm. you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, (laughs) <laughs> and you too. My um website is Survivor Empower Life Coach Financial Acrement Self S E L F. You can find me on Instagram under self underscore transition life coach. And remember, um, go to my website. I have service available. Um, it gives you a description, a description of what my services are and the cost and everything. Um, just follow like love and share. And I will see you around 
Enjoy. Bye-bye. <laughs>